Hey, good morning, everyone. Welcome back to Scope of Work. I know it's been a long eight weeks since we've last uh, graced you with a new episode, but alas, uh, for those of you who haven't unsubscribed, we appreciate you hanging around, and uh, man, are we excited to be back at it again. As we do enter what we're now jokingly calling Season 2, we do vow to be uh, more consistent for you all, ideally getting back to the cadence of giving you a new episode every Monday morning. As far as today's episode goes, we do have a ton to catch up on, but the main topic of today's conversation surrounds the idea of brand. Now, across professionals that actually produce and create brands for organizations and consumers that actually go out and purchase products that a brand is associated with, there's a vast array of perspectives that go into what a brand actually is and whether or not people need to give a shit about it. Today we discuss all of this and more, but of course it would not be an episode of Scope of Work without departures from our main narrative. Today we're going to be bringing you at least four Spongebob memes and of course the opinion you really don't care about as it pertains to the Travis Kelsey and Taylor Swift relationship. We're excited to have you all back. We are excited to be back. Thank you again, as always, for listening. Without further ado, welcome back to Season 2. Welcome to Scope of Work! I'm also going to be doing a little coming on Sunday, too, okay? We uh, lost some people this week. What the f***? Oh, it's such a drag. What a chore. Oh, your wounds are full of salt. Everything's a stress. And what's more? Oh, Peter, we find ourselves here again at the next uh, the next chapter of a journey that started and then immediately stopped. (laughs) (laughs) I've just been I've been telling people that uh, we just were part of the writer's strike. And uh, as oh. we do, as we do create all of our own content, you know, naturally, we just had to get get out on the front lines with our, our <laughs> extremely well designed signs. Yeah. <laughs> Krusty Krab is unfair. <laughs> Mr. Krabs is in there. <laughs> How are you, bud? It's good. It's good to see uh, you. Marvelous. Back Much better her- now. Back for season two is also what I'm telling, <laughs> telling yeah. people. <laughs> we have four more episodes and then that'll be that. This is maybe this is already the mid season. Uh, <laughs> we can't we can't possibly know. Hi, everyone. Uh, for those of you who have forgotten, uh, welcome back to Scope of Work. Uh, your sometimes Monday morning podcast that sometimes uh, gets recorded and produced and sometimes is a consistent piece of content that you can enjoy uh, <laughs> at your leisure. Welcome back. Everybody. Yes. Howdy. Yeah. Um, uh, as we're uh, going to talk about branding soon after our introductions, uh, consistency is key and do as we say, not as we do. Yeah, I I will say, um, you know, we'll we'll talk about it, um, I guess, a little more in depth as far as the break goes. You know, um, Peter and I, when we originally started Scope of Work, uh, we talked about this as something that we want to be fun and we want it to be something that we enjoy and we look forward to. And I will say, first and foremost, that the uh, hiatus hiatus was definitely my fault. Uh, I had a lot of 
travel and uh just random ass shit going on i know you had a shitload of work going on and it got to the point where um you know between trying to carve out time to be the funny genuine lovable people we are uh you know there was we just needed to take some time focus on some stuff and now here we are back back at it again for like i said season two Yes. Burning the candle at both ends certainly means that, uh, you know, there's nothing left in the middle after a little while. So something's got to give. And unfortunately, it was this. But we've uh, we've taken this time, <laughs> this, this opposite, <laughs> of, opposite of personal time, essentially. Yeah, it was. Yeah, it definitely wasn't. Also, uh, I think we've forgotten our due diligence as far as uh, how we're supposed to kick these things off to follow good podcast etiquette. As a reminder, I am Max Cedargreen, your uh, account service and client management representation. And I'm Peter Sather, and I will be your creative department representative. All things design, uh, preferably not art direction of commercials. It's not really my cup of tea, so don't expect any type of production notes uh, coming from me. I think you would make funny commercials. Thank you. Uh, <laughs> I don't believe that, but, but you know, uh, in the modern and our fast paced evolution of social media marketing, I have recently downloaded like video, like CapCut, some type of things where I'm just like, well, uh, I'd love to just make logos and branding, but now I need to be a full-time like video editor and animator. Basically. I noticed you were making more reels. Yeah, it's it's one of those like it's another thing that I've just got to learn, basically, that we all have to learn is like this is the way that things are going. This is what people pay attention to. And it makes sense. It's he who is resistant to change is destined to perish. Be the change you wish to see in the world. Yeah, if only I could change a little bit fucking faster, though. Jesus Christ. I'm going through changes. <laughs> I don't want to. Like, I don't want to learn to make reels. I don't want to be trendy on TikTok. Yeah, but I will. I'll figure it out, I guess. You're trendy in plenty of other spaces, um, which I guess, um, you know, speaking of like trends, happenings, what have yous, uh, it's been what, like eight weeks since we last did this? It's been some time. Uh, give me the, uh, for lack of a better word, TLDR. What have you been up to? Like, what's what do you what do you had going on the last uh, two months? Uh, I just had some really awesome projects come come to the fore. Um, some cool branding projects, some packaging stuff, or some ads um, that are really cool and are pretty much the reason why I decided to go freelance in the first place and have been like, okay, it's happening. This is, these are the things, these are the type of things I want to be working on. So, um, yeah, it's been, it's been awesome and worth it. And I also am teaching typography again too. Uh, so my first class was, uh, this past Wednesday. So that was a thing. <laughs> so I had to pre prepare for that for a while uh, last week. And then we had D&D &D last night. Is it, that is a full day of work to prepare for too. So very much so you're teaching and all, all of those are teaching environments. My question for you is with the typography, is that online or is that in person? It's in person. It's for Denver oh, Ed School. What? Really? Oh God. Yeah. <laughs> it's awesome. Man. It's, it's great. Oh, well, uh, so I did a semester uh, earlier in spring, and that was great. Uh, I had a great time. There were eight students, and five of them were online, three were in person. The one thing is I'd rather it be totally online or in person 
not yeah. split is my would be my preference. Still works fine, but similar um, to every like client presentation I've ever been on, where it's like if there's it's either everyone's remote or everyone's in person because when you have like the one person who's like trying to dial in and can't hear and is like you know using the hand raise function and then they're like oh I didn't get to give my feedback. It was like well you should have fucking come to the meeting, dude. <laughs> like, yeah, right, exactly. Just yeah, just get the spark notes at the end or. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I'll send you a nice, pretty little recap and you won't yeah. read it and then it'll just be all one and the same. This meeting should have been a, of an email anyway, right? But but yeah, that's that's kind of what I've been up to. Still still very busy doing all those things. Um, yeah. But uh, and I don't know, like what's interesting too is I don't know how to forecast exactly like how busy I'm going to be over like Thanksgiving and like as the as this is my first year doing this, I'm very curious how it's going to pan out. I'm like, do I need to like you know, squirrel away some nuts when like yeah. no one's doing anything in December or is it like get really busy with people trying to finish things, finish projects or like, so. Two schools of thought. Like, I mean, yeah, you could, uh, you know, squirrel away some nuts, just a rainy day nut. Um, but also like, I think about like folks, cause again, you know, been a while since we've talked about it, but from an agency perspective, all my creatives, they take the holidays off. And so usually that's when we're actually like trying to tap freelancers and like people who are available because it's like, hey, this thing came through and there's not a single warm body who's willing to touch it with a 10 foot pole. Whatever you right. want, <laughs> like whatever, whatever we could do to convince you to come <laughs> and, and join us on this endeavor. It would be great. Otherwise, we're going to have our wonderful group account director, Max, get out his fucking crayons and he's going <laughs> to go to town because he's the best we got in this trying, trying time. <laughs> yeah. They're wearing a backwards and forwards cap, like copywriter, <laughs> art director. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> perfect. Uh, the perfect combo. I mean, uh, as I've seen though, you're a very capable copywriter though. And I've seen some of your funny ass Photoshop like okay. little machinations so yeah i try i mean copywriting that's gotten me in trouble in the past especially because like what i really think is funny is some creatives welcome it others are like I, there's like a sense of pride you know i didn't go to school for any of that but um it's funny because we're and it's not really copywriting in a traditional sense like it's more strategy but i'm currently working on this naming exercise for a client and uh there were a lot of names thrown around and i threw one in the mix and that was the one the client liked the best and so that's just like a little like oh, <laughs> oh yeah <laughs> oh yeah i got it baby <laughs> oh yeah like say it again which one was the best oh it's fucking max's the guy had no business being here oh yeah <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> but I mean, also like crashing down to earth, those names, well, my favorite or my name was the favorite of the first batch got presented to the CEO and he hated all of them. So uh, <laughs> it yes. was like, oh, you're the best yeah. of the worst, you fucker. <laughs> exactly. Oh, uh, well, it sounds like things have been going good, at least, you know, busy. Yeah, it's good. been good for the most part, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. As good as like, it goes as good. I mean, still here, still freelancing. Haven't hit rock bottom or anything yet that many times, maybe is probably a better way to put it, but you know, power and throw everything in relativity. Yeah. Right. Bingo. <laughs> 
Well, you went to a conference you, in Tampa and you were like, the, I, was, I, was gonna, <laughs> I was gonna say, do I need to find a way to casually transition or would you like to know what I've been up to for the last two months? <laughs> yeah, so you're like a babysitter for like a dog or something, right? Or like yeah, uh, I mean, one of many things that has kept me occupied and busy uh, and employed over the last two months. Um, I always think it's really interesting and, you know, account people also probably even creative people can probably attest to the fact that like, when you work in an agency, there is a lot of weird shit that you're called upon to do, right? Like, I feel like in my job, like, I was talking about this with uh, one of my counterparts today, like, when I was young in my career, it was always like the runner stuff, you know, where it's like, oh, yeah, like, we need you to, like, go get coffee, we need you to order lunch for this meeting. And, unrelated to what I'm about to say about like the conference I was just at, like, I will say of the things I've done in my career, ordering lunch for a group has always been like one of the most stressful things that I've had to endure. And I don't know why that is. It's like, it's like the responsibility is like, I've been responsible for way more serious shit, but that's still (laughs) something that like sticks out in my mind as being the type of shit that'll like keep me up at night, make me think I forgot something or fucked it up. Um, Anyway. Oh, how am I supposed to eat my pizza without my diet, Dr. Kelp? Yeah, exactly. Where's my drink? Where's my, where's my, where's drink? my drink? How am I supposed to enjoy without my drink? Um, but yeah, um, of the many like travel related things I've had to do over the last two months, I was at a work conference last week uh, in Tampa. Uh, will spare uh, the clients their name and identity. Basically, my job at this conference was to babysit the company mascot and make sure that uh, the company mascot was uh, entertained and available for photos. And it just so happened that said mascot was a very cute little dog. Um, It was very pleasant. Uh, It was a nice time, did a lot of photo taking and just kind of like generally, you know, standing around. I was able to work some uh, in moderation, like catch up on emails and stuff. But yeah, other than that, for two days, I was in Tampa as a dog babysitter. (laughs) Amazing. Yeah. And it was a a fine time. I got to say, man, the um, corporate like retreats and conferences, which is kind of like the setting for where I was at, man. Some of these people, like, the production value is absolutely insane. Like, to give you perspective, it was, like, every, what I imagine is every agency's, like, wet dream when it comes to their holiday party or their conference they put on as an agency. I've been to a lot of fun agency parties and, like, events and offsites and stuff. They don't hold a candle to what I experienced in Tampa. We're talking about, like, giant like what felt like 30 foot led screens that are like parting as their CEO walks out like a Messiah and just like, (laughs) just like the graphics, the entertainment, the uh, alcohol, like the activities, the just production value was, Oh my God, it was 10 out of 10. It was amazing. And I was just like, man, like I would love to see what an agency would do with corporate funding for a big like offsite party like that because right. it was absolutely bananas. It was so Damn. like again, it was a corporate event and like, you know, hung out with a client in moderation. Like they were pretty occupied and busy most of the time. But um right. yeah, it's <laughs> just like the stuff that I would encounter, like literally they had the walls 
like plastered with branding for their organization, like in this hotel. And it was like, man, this is a big to do. And I'm so impressed that like, <laughs> we had no part in it whatsoever of like <laughs> branding the experience and man, the, you know, their internal team and the people who executed it did such a phenomenal job. And I was just damn, like, I was so, I was so just shocked at like, man, they really do like ball out here in corporate land. And again, I could just sense like, so many different agency folks I've worked with in the past who would be like, oh man, but we would do it so much better. And it's like, dude, I've seen your parties and they're not anything like this. They're not like this. <laughs> Damn. What was the kind of like purpose of the conference? I guess. What was the kind of like, yeah, you know, it was, like was a, it just a big flex? <laughs> like, no, I, I mean, it definitely was, but it was like an annual meeting. Right. And mm. uh, so it was like a three day annual endeavor where they brought folks in from all different uh, management uh, execution, like, you know, different right. uh, levels within the company, C-suite all the way down to like, uh, you know, the managers and like general staff that actually work in yeah. facilities, basically yeah. kind of highlighting their vision for 2024 and articulating that like no matter what your role is uh, in the company, everyone has an opportunity to impact the vision and we're yeah. all going to come together and kind of celebrate who we are as a brand and right. like set the tone for how awesome we want 2024 to be. And so right. man, I, thought, I was drinking the cool, I like never drank yeah. the Kool-Aid, but I was like going back for seconds on the Kool-Aid. I was going to the bar and I'm like, do you have any more of this Kool-Aid? Yeah, this Kool-Aid is, is fire. Shit is electric. And man, <laughs> like, I'm so fired up right now. So dude, that's uh, yeah. awesome. It was a good time. But yeah, uh, Tampa, I didn't love, uh, it was very hot and apparently people just don't go outside unless you're wearing like, uh, you know, fucking, speedo because it was so damn hot it was just like the idea of going yes. outside made me start like perspiring speedos and flip-flops are all you need really to survive down there pretty much like that was my experience yeah it seems like that kind of environment but yeah other than that um that capped uh like eight weeks of just travel for different things like weddings um you know different get-togethers occasions right. and stuff and so, yeah. yeah, I'm glad to have that uh, done uh, for the time being, obviously, holidays coming up, but it's like, you know, a couple weekends here and there, as opposed to just like the gauntlet of like back to back to back to back to back to back. And like, yeah, right. That, exactly. That is a, a welcome, a welcome change. So I'm ready for to get sure. back in the routine. I'm ready to get back into scope of work and I'm ready to, uh, mm -hmm. you know, sleep sleep regularly and <laughs> just yeah like get back into so, my routine like that's an awesome thing that like uh that you went to this like this very it, it sounds like this big conference a very internal thing right yeah like, it was just a, totally was, internal yeah totally internal give me your kind of perspective on like the authenticity of like you know how real is this this is just like is this the kind of moment where you're like um we're like, this is a, this is bullshit or whatever. Uh, I've definitely like seen some type of conferences and things that are like, this is kind of bullshit. And there's, there's such a range of them too, where I've been to, to I've been to ones that are like, okay, so this is just like an opportunity for you, like tout your, like toot your own horn. Basically we're just doing this as a flex and it, like it's just branding that looks amazing it's like uh, i watched this show recently called in, uh, invasion it's on apple tv mm -hmm. and i was in the mood for like a like a semi-spooky alien show and it seemed like there was a lot of production value behind this and i started watching it 
was like acting's pretty good. Okay, cool. It's so, it's so funny you're talking about this because I literally scrolled over that last night and I was like, I wonder if I'll like that. So you are you are like this will impact what this will impact. Don't spoil anything, but this will impact whether or not I watch it. I would not recommend it because okay. just like right off, <laughs> just like branding has the ability to cloak the fact that there's nothing really happening there. Yeah. Um, we'll, we'll get into that, but. And how, um, uh, from a personal perspective, I'm like, do I just make pretty things, or like, do like, do I have like actual impact, or like, what are my values, and how do I actually do them? Am I just like, you know, cleverly disguising things to sell shit, and like, or do I actually make a difference, or like, the, like those services? I guess <laughs> I was watching Invasion. Like, was this written by AI at the end of it? Like, I got like ten episodes in, and I started season two, where it kind of like reveals itself that the writing is just so bad mm-hmm. that, and, and there's just, there's no substance to the, to the, to the characters, but they, they dupe you with like such great production and some pretty decent acting, but like the story just ends up going nowhere. And there's just shots of things that like take too long. And there's so much like, like tragedy that is drawn out. And like, and I was like, okay, like I was kind of like, 10 second fast forwarding through like some yeah. of those moments. I'm like, nothing's going to, I bet nothing happens for like two minutes in this scene. Yeah. You're yep, just getting yep, to yep, the next, yep. like getting to the next point where there's actually action happening. I feel like, yeah, I feel like that's how it was when I watched, um, uh, it may have been manifest like where I was just like, yeah, clicking through it. I was like, nothing's happening. And I could probably skip ahead and like fill in the gaps with all the filler content that happened between like the last piece of meaningful action and then like the resolution. But then a lot of yeah. like, jump cuts and shit. Um, right. To, to answer your question, though, I do think it was a fair bit of both. I don't think it was a flex for the sake of flexing. Um, right. I felt like there was definitely a lot of self celebrating, but also you got to consider the audience and what you're doing. This is a company, right. Exactly. This is a company like gathering. And so, yeah, you want to hype people up and make them feel really good about where they work. All that to say, when they talked about their vision for the future, I believed it. I was like, yeah. they already demonstrated so much success. There's no reason to believe that any of this is like unachievable or that they're not going to do everything in their power to actually make it happen. And I think other people around me also recognize that. And so that's the type of thing that like, you know, people feed off of it and that's when you get like the excitement and like, um, kind of general sense of like, you know, I guess pride behind the what's happening and I guess belief that, uh, there's right. footing and that it's going to keep like moving forward and that, you know, yeah, it's there for a reason. And it's to celebrate not only past success, but also like we're going to continue to be great. And so like, mm-hmm. let's kick that off with a party. And they did. And it was yeah. Fun. That's baller. I yeah. love that. You love to see it done right and done well, because man, it's hard. It's yeah. hard to Cause come I, by. Honestly, I thought you were going to take that a different direction, honestly, where it's like, I think, you and I have both been in instances where like you're sitting for the company you work at and it's like a annual meeting or like something like that. And you're listening to people talk about what's going to happen. And you're like, that's never going to work. Like, right. Like, you're like, Oh yeah. Th- that was like, so not even on your radar, like two weeks ago. Like I heard you yeah, say something right. like, I don't believe that. Like, be like, yeah, cool. like this is uh 
perhaps I'm not long for working here. <laughs> yeah, right. Exactly. And you're just like, wow, this is insanely out of touch and inauthentic. And yeah. like, despite the fact this that is, like, this is so contrived. Like, yeah. This is the well, lab grown diamond that you're like, right. And it's like the, uh, the antithesis of being like working on branding projects and, you know, every branding project, everyone wants to come across authentic, right? Mm-hmm. Totally legit. Makes sense. Like that's, uh, such an important part of like of the branding process is like championing authenticity but there's always you gotta like push people further than that too to be like okay like how do we do that what do we do like how do we make a difference and like what are those like exact moments that that is going to make a big difference for those people experiencing something and like right. um because it's so easy to walk up to someone and just like have say like, the worst thing would be like be so off-putting with your your offering of like you should look at this thing. This is going to be really important to the way that you like, you know, offering someone like advice if they're like rock, rock climbing or whatever. It's like, Hey man, back the fuck off. Like I, I can figure this out on my own. It's like, I enjoy the process of doing this. Um, you know, finding those moments to like interact with people at the right time is, is so important to have like dialed in and understand and like being an advocate and helping people rather than just like ramming something down their throat and being like, Hey, I'm here if you need me rather than like, you should have this or like, but I saw, but I understand both sides, you know? Totally. Completely. I do as well. Um, we have a lot to talk about when it comes to branding, which is going to be our main subject for this week's episode, which I'm very excited about that said, can I interest you in a slight departure from the working world and a new segment that I would like to bring into the conversation as we kick off what I'm just going to continue to call season two. Yes, I'm, I'm fully prepared, especially knowing vaguely what this is, (laughs) this topic (laughs) pertains to. Uh, I've been, I've been feeling a certain way about this topic too. And I'm very, I'm so ready to have the wool pulled from my eyes. Yeah. So I think, <laughs> I mean, Peter, Peter and I, this is a note, this is an editor's note for the listeners. Peter and I have talked about how the fact, uh, talked about the fact that um, it's hard to work 40, 50, 60 hours a week and then get on a podcast and continue to talk about work. So I would like to introduce a segment that I'm calling work life balance. Work-life balance. What does that mean? It means we have other interests and things that we find funny or particular or whatever in our lives that do not pertain to work. And so I do want to introduce a segment that we will perhaps consider alternating with Keep Kill in the future uh, where we get an opportunity to just go off on something. Um, doesn't <laughs> doesn't matter what it is. Um, my hope is that it gives you again a little more of a flavor of our personalities, and um, yeah, might might add some color context to things that we right. do have to say about relevant subjects such as work. Yeah, because so, I feel like um, all of our interests end up dive like dive divulging into like or the way that we like synthesize yeah, the world and everything kind of ends up being a conversation, you know, about branding and everything is basically sure. branding in the fucking 21st century. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah. Which so is Max of... would like to kick us off put <laughs> <I laughs> it one way or another to kick us yeah. off so, and be um, extremely topical. God yeah, damn it. 
Well, it's overly topical and it almost like, I mean, if I hadn't wasted so much time digging into it, um, I probably would have picked something different because I'm like, you know, the probably like last person anyone wants to hear talk about Taylor Swift and Travis Kelsey. (laughs) I love how long we teased it. Yeah, dude, I'm honestly just to like cut right to the chase. We're doing it too. I'm so annoyed with the whole like, Travis Kelsey, Taylor Swift thing. And I tell you why, like I'm from Kansas city. I mean, I live in Atlanta now lived in Denver before that went to KU lived in Kansas city for like 12 hates years. The Chiefs, though. I hate the chiefs. I'm Bone so to pick. Oh, I think I am so sick of hearing about the damn chiefs because the thing is like people from Kansas city love to talk about the chiefs, my network predominantly in Kansas city. So I hear a lot about the chiefs as it is now I hear about the Chiefs from every other outlet that wasn't talking about the motherfucking Chiefs. So it gets to be a lot. I'm like, why couldn't Taylor Swift go and date Mark Andrews of the Ravens? (laughs) Go and date, I don't know, Tom Brady. Go date Tom Brady. Like, at least, you know, I don't have to hear about it. Now it's just like, Chiefs, 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 Chiefs. And like, the whole... The whole aspect of like, you know, again, just celebrities attending sporting events. I'm like, whoop fucking do? Who cares? Whatever. Yeah. But right. that, being, that being said, that is not uh, my annoyance is not what I want to talk about. My right. thing that I want to talk about is I think it's all bullshit. I think that this relationship is 100 percent bullshit as far as uh them actually dating and i will tell you why it seems kind of like because i as the like oh let me step in real quick and give my perspective on it too. yeah sure please i gotta pull um, up my notes so go ahead yeah (laughs) yeah so this is interesting too because i felt of like a weird way about it as well i i haven't been able to put my finger on it something about it seems like it does seem contrived somehow. It does seem like a work. It's become such a popular thing and they've been so demure about it. And I feel like there's something that's a little bit disingenuous about the nature of it. Like if it was real, I feel like they'd be like, they'd be cringier about it or something, but they're so weird and secretive. It's the wrong kind of cringy right now. Right. I think yeah. it's a totally different kind of cringy. So here's I just don't understand. Uh, yeah, I don't I, understand it. And it seems like. Well, the thing I is, I I think that it's all for marketing. That's why I think it's disingenuous, because I think it's right. all a big marketing ploy. And so here's my manifesto. Okay. Taylor Swift is objectively the most famous person on the planet right now. And it's by a wide margin. Back. It's by a wide margin. She is selling Back. out stadiums to an international degree. doesn't matter where on the fucking face of the planet she is. People are going to see her. People are going to celebrate her. People are going to pay exorbitant amounts of money to purchase tickets for shitty seats at any concert. doesn't matter where she is. Right. On paper, it's probably fair to that the amount of people who follow her do not follow football. I do not see a lot of overlap between those fans, right? That said, I have seen Taylor Swift has fucking sold out every single stadium, football stadiums in the United States 
that the home team, like the Washington Commanders, the Atlanta Falcons, we can't fill our fucking stadium. Taylor Swift can. Taylor Swift can. Yep. So that audience of Let's Taylor Swift, Taylor Swift <laughs> fans, the Swifties, is going to be far more expansive than the NFL fan base across all 32 NFL teams. The Chiefs, objectively the hottest team in football, and they have been for the last three to four years. They're fun. Facts. They're entertaining. Unfortunately, They are yeah. entertaining. They're exciting. They score a lot. That's the thing. I look at like my wife as an example. She thinks football is so boring. They don't score. It's a slow-paced game. Not the Chiefs. The Chiefs are fast. The Chiefs are fun. Kelsey happens to have the number one sports podcast in America, right? He's funny. He's likable. People listen to him. They talk about things other than sports. He also happens to play for the most exciting team in the NFL. What better way to indoctrinate new fans bigger than the current fan base you already have than by introducing them to a funny, charming man who happens to play on the most exciting team in the NFL? What a way to garner interest and encourage viewership by just having Taylor Swift up in the stands doing nothing. People care okay. about where she is. People care about what she's doing. And she just happens to be present at all the fun games. You're not watching any of the boring games. She's not going to the Panthers games. She's not going to the Falcons games. She's at every Chiefs game. So you're just getting all this attention from people who otherwise do not give a shit about football at the games they are most likely to be entertained by. So, well, I mean, like, isn't there an element to it where it's like she is the most famous person ever? Yeah. Travis is, you know, a like a bachelor and the like doesn't A-listers have to hang out with A-listers. It's a they totally do. different universe. Yeah, they do. But what I'm saying here is that, again, Taylor Swift has her own following and her own wide audience and that they probably up until now did not give a shit about football. But what happened? Let's call it right? what it is. It's a cult. Yeah. After, yeah, sure. After the first game, the ratings for that that Sunday night game or whatever it was, it was the Bears game, through the roof, right? The Jets game also through the roof. Now people are watching. Now people are buying Kelsey jerseys. People are actually investing time to learn the game, to give a shit about the game. So above all, above all of that, people are fucking talking about it. We're sitting here talking about it, right? They're yeah. living in our heads rent free, right? People are thinking about the NFL all because of this relationship between Taylor Swift and Travis Kelsey. So and I, I, I want to pause here, too. And like, I'm uh, I'm I'm kind of like, cool. Women like are going to like football now. That's I, that doesn't seem like was football boys club. I don't necessarily. No, believe I, hey, that. I never said anything about gender. I'm saying that the audiences don't specifically. I don't think that the people that are like waiting in line to go to Taylor Swift concerts necessarily are the same ones. They're going to pack out an NFL stadium on a Sunday. So sure. I just like that. Like I love football as like a language of like people having like that kind of like camaraderie and like, you know, I wonder how many people are like getting into football that wouldn't have gotten into it before. Cause I'm, I consider myself like a new football fan too. Like, so I don't know. But, I, but, I, my perspective, I like the game gr growing. Yeah. That's, I like the game growing too. I'm just saying it was a strategic marketing ploy 
to actually get new people interested in the game. And it's working. Yeah. I don't think Travis Kelsey and Taylor Swift are in love, although I do have some fan fiction for you. That's, okay. that's quite spicy. Yeah. So, yeah. I think. Let me try and get through this without laughing. It definitely does seem like bullshit. It definitely seems like a marketing thing. But... Kelsey, imagine a world where Kelsey <laughs> is approached by Roger Goodell and he's in on it because Kelsey is known to be a player. He even had his own dating show, Catching Kelsey, where he was a misogynist pig and he played all these women. <laughs> in fact, even dunking on a supermodel while they played basketball. My belief is that what if the NFL put him up to it? He agreed. Taylor actually doesn't know because she's sweet, perfect, and naive. She is unaware that she's being taken advantage of. Slowly, Kelsey begins to fall for her. At a late October game, Taylor comes <laughs> comes to the stadium. <laughs> as a, okay, Taylor comes to the stadium <laughs> as a surprise, only to overhear Roger Goodell planning his next move with Travis Kelsey. She's heartbroken. Travis chases her out of the tunnel and tells her she's cha- and tells her he's changed. She turns and whispers, "I knew you were trouble when you walked in." As she makes her way to the emergency exit, Taylor releases hit album '87. Kelsey tears. Oh my God! <laughs> I mean, so yeah, so that's kind of like the jokey aspect of it but wow. at the end of the I knew day I didn't have bandwidth for this Jesus at the, Christ at the end of the at the end of the day yeah I'll cut I'll cut some of this but <laughs> the thing the thing that also makes me think that it's a lot bigger than uh just like the NFL's getting out of it is like now it's turning into meme worthy content in a number of different ways so yeah you look at Taylor Swift, they're capitalizing on the relationship with Travis Kelsey's mom, Donna Kelsey, right? You see photos of her, whatever. Next thing you know, they're like shooting the stands at the Eagles game. And who's there? Donna Kelsey sitting with fucking Jake from State Farm. And it's not, I looked at Yeah, what was the deal? So I'm like, cool. Now State Farm's getting in on this. Like Jake from from State Farm is not a real person. His name is Kevin. He's also wearing a Jake from State Farm sweater. His name is Kevin. His name is Kevin Miles. Like he is a real, he's just a regular guy. (laughs) Like Is Flo in the next box over? That's the thing. And then it's like, and then it's like, next thing you know, it's the night game and they're showing Taylor Swift again with all these like additional celebrities. Right. And again, celebrities go to games, whatever, but she's with fucking Hugh Jackman and Ryan Reynolds. And you're like, oh, that seems weird. And then it's like, oh, NFL just happens to drop a trailer for Deadpool three. It's like, oh, okay. It just all feels like, you know, this kind of brand circle jerk right now where it's like, oh, you know, it's uh, all kind of comprised on the idea of this like viral relationship. Well, then I dug into Ryan Reynolds and I understand like, you know, he has his own marketing agency. I did not realize that the specialty of maximum impact, his agency is capitalizing on viral moments. Like uh, that's the whole thing. And so I'm like, okay, yeah. this all feels like, you know, like there's some yeah. dots that are connecting. And then the last thing that um, I have yet to be able to tie a red thread to is uh, capital one. So yeah. capital one, you and I talked about 
Taylor Swift's been in bed with Capital One for like a decade or whatever. Primary sponsor. She's Super long uh, term, yeah. Yeah, they're sponsoring the Eras tour. And then sure enough, like Capital One had Kelsey as the premier athlete, along with Mahomes, uh, and I guess Curry and step like Curry and what's his name from Golden State. But um yeah, it's just like that was also brought on like put on by Capital One, and it just feels all like oh just like you know there's a lot of brands that are kind of being tossed around in this and they're all getting a lot of free marketing and they're all like getting a lot of like name recognition and clout associated with like what doesn't have to be a real relationship at the end of the day right you know assumed right right we're all making inferences so yeah Yeah. that's my (laughs) that's what's happening (laughs) i won't believe any yeah i'm not gonna believe any of this until they're married basically (laughs) Unless they get married, I'll be like, okay. I think that's like you've basically got all of the fucking like, you know, the poster board with the red yarn. <laughs> it's like I'm definitely I mean, Charlie, Charlie in the mailroom. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Who is Pepe Silvia? Yeah. And like, I guess the thing that like irks me about it, and like, it just seems so like on the nose. It seems, it seems like so obvious i guess i don't know like there's something it's just of course i guess i look at the whole thing and i'm like of course you're fucking like prince charming or whatever would be like this it's kind of like i don't know this the shoe fits the fucking shoe fits and like it's just like in my mind i guess the thing that it just feels cringy there's something very cringy about it because it's like i don't know it's like too perfect or like, there's no, like they feel like the same person. Exactly. Like birds of a feather flock together. And like, you know, don't you want to have some type of like yin and yang type of like, I also think relationship, which makes me feel like it's not real to keep, to keep people talking about it. Like there's little, I think it's very well designed and who knows, maybe it is like art imitating life or life imitating art. One can't possibly know, but you know, I think it was what it was like what uh, NBC or whoever broadcast Sunday night, like they were showing uh, Taylor Swift up in the box right when Pat, like they didn't even show it because they were filming Taylor Swift, but like Patrick Mahomes threw a pick and now people mm-hmm. are pissed off because it's like, you're not even looking at the game. And Kelsey, yeah. Kelsey spoke out about that and it's like, cool. Are Swifties going to attack him? Thus, fulfilling the cycle of like continuing people to talk about it. Cause he said, yeah, I think, I think it's fun when they show who all is at the game, who all, is that a way you talk about your uh, girlfriend who all is <laughs> at the game? I think it brings a little bit more to the atmosphere, but at the same time, they're overdoing it a little bit. And it's like, our he's yeah. going to come out and attack him. And then yeah, fulfill the cycle. Find out next week on scope of work podcast. <laughs> I, de- I, I can't talk about this stupid shit anymore what's yeah, what's going on what's going on in your life outside of work my god yeah i mean basically the same thing i'm just like watching football like crazy and enjoying it and like it does feel like a little like hey like i get your shit out of my shit all right i yeah. i definitely do have that feeling of like get your I, at the end of the day out of my really peanut care. butter <laughs> yeah yeah it's absolutely oil and water um i it's brilliant it's a brilliant marketing ploy and i'm sure that it is in some capacity and like who knows like it's somebody seems, is somebody is lining their pockets because of this absolutely and it, it just seems it seems kind of 
inauthentic. It seems so obvious and it seems like such low hanging fruit, which like is part of the cringe factor, I guess. Yeah. Like, okay, cool. Like it's, it's what it's, it's perfect though, too, because like what, like that's what sports is. Like sports are like such a big (laughs) part of it is storylines and like the drama and the players and like what they're saw. Like it's like WWE WWE used to become like where it's like a big soap opera. I don't know, man. I just, it's coach prime. It's very much. So it's the same thing. There's something to the idea that the NFL saw Taylor Swift filling stadiums they otherwise can't fill and they say i want to start making money on this <laughs> yeah. I gotta I really, figure out it's, money a, on this. it's a really good idea i just want to start <laughs> making money on this <laughs> yeah meanwhile the nfl is already like you know the like entertainment like super fucking company of like biggest brand biggest yeah. brand in entertainment some might say crazy, crazy. yeah the fact that you like more money yeah Rich yeah. get richer, wow. but that is, um, I mean, like I said, no time like the present, like it is the biggest brand in entertainment and uh, I already, you know, let the cat out of the bag, but that is our topic for today is yeah. motherfucking brands. And <laughs> <laughs> oh, Peter, do we have a lot to talk about? I feel like this is one you can really sink your teeth into. Yeah, I feel like, like, like I was mentioning before too, it's it's basically part of like every conversation now too, which I love as uh, like a brand designer. All I want to do is like talk about brand stuff. So no matter where we kind of like go and like from an agency perspective too, it's like we're working with like brands hire us to work on things and bring their, their visions and their ideas to, to life basically. Um, And yeah, I fucking love it. I (laughs) I think that's actually an interesting, like, jumping off point because like think about the brands that you've worked on and like again we have very different experiences with the types of brands that we worked on but when you talk about bringing the vision to life i always find it quite fascinating that the brands i've worked with like the vision they have is always like the vision that appeals to them and that's just like a client right right? like they never they're never thinking about the end consumer and i don't know why that's such like a gap I feel like that's Man. one of those things where it's like, oh, yeah, did you actually like consider who you're marketing towards? Because it's not your boss. And they're yeah. like, they're like, no, that's just I think that's really like what the audience is into. <laughs> yeah, dude. Um, what's interesting about about this, too, and the fact that like this, like the storylines thing, the WWE thing, um, I can't believe more brands aren't leveraging things like this. And I feel like I wouldn't be surprised if we saw more of it where, where brands should be more, more controversial. Like they really should. I was talking to someone recently about, um, about commercials uh, that are just like not funny and how shitty they are. And I'm like, there's a, especially progressive commercials. Like they're so bad. And there's like, the, like, there's an agency that's behind that progressive like hires agencies or whatever to work on multiple can like to work on yeah. a campaign. Like they have so many different kind of like their fingers in so many pies, right? Right. That like, they're not the ones coming up with these ideas and the way that they like become unfunny is not because like they're hiring very legit agencies with people with a ton of clout and stuff. And they are factories of ideas to extend the brand, to like reach new people, to, you know, get people talking about their things as we are fucking now. 
And there is an element of like, are they trying, are they making flows spots so bad that they're, that we talk about them and hate on them. It's like any publicity is good pub- uh, publicity, right? Or I, I just can't believe that they, they don't like, they don't get spicier that they do like ride the, ride the line. And I think that most agencies are pitching to these massive, like rocket mortgage bullshit is like they, we get like one spicy commercial every Super Bowl, and like people like look forward to it. But wouldn't it be much more advantageous to some of these like big, crazy companies to like put your brand on the map, get people talking about them? It's the companies themselves that end up watering down those spots because there's probably a really good idea in there yeah. and presented. And then the and then progressive like nickels and dimes that spot down into being yeah, like, OK, well, you or- ripped all of the soul and funniness out of this this spot now, like what the fuck is even the point? Like we might as well just be a white screen that says progressive on it. For thirty seconds with like a giant logo, with a spiral line, and just like buy progressive insurance, like that would be hilarious and crazy if that was like their Super Bowl spot. Like, yeah, no, I like how (laughs) I like how through the process you were like it started as like, oh, they would probably do this really shitty thing. And then you talked yourself into that actually being an awesome execution. (laughs) Right. Yeah. Like. It, it, it's it's uh, so bad it's good and they're like this is their version of it it's this it's this vicious yeah. cycle of like yeah. and they spend millions of dollars on these agencies to do this and like i feel like this is the one like <laughs> probably like the the biggest like insight we probably have because i know that a lot of people that i've worked at ad agencies will know that like yes this is this is <laughs> this is the one kernel of truth is that clients are going to fuck up really good ideas a ton of the time yeah i mean that's something that i do think is a universal truth that a lot of people in that who have worked in an agency have experienced and kind of similar to what we're talking about here where it's like you know agencies spend so much time and honestly i don't know like a client i'd really be interested to hear a client perspective like a lot of times before i've ever concepted any like kind of brand campaign there has been a wealth of research that is provided to me and they're like use this get some insight out of this and so Mm -hmm. the agency spends like you know just weeks if not months pouring over these like insights reports you know consumer demographics and personas and like all that shit in order to understand who it is we're trying to talk to and what sentiment we need to make that individual feel based on this brand i don't even know if some of my clients read that shit which is like the really frustrating aspect when yeah an agency may bring uh you know some kind of identity work or like uh you know brand spot whatever to a client and be like like, hey, you know, this talks to your audience. And then they're like, I hate it. And it's like, well, yeah, because it does not talk to you. You are not the audience. You're targeting 35-year-old men and you are a 65-year-old man. It's not going to appeal to you. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. You're out of touch. That's (laughs) where we're not all in touch about everything all the time. That's that's the shit that drives me nuts when it's like, cool. Mm, Like, again, who... Who is like, I mean, I can do a kid version for your boss if like that's what we have to do to actually sell the thing that's going to work and make a difference. But yeah, I've always found that to be like super fascinating as far as like why 
that's not more widely acknowledged. Like if I were right. a client and who knows, I mean, I haven't been one, but I'd like to think I could put the blinders on and be like, oh, I could see how like this would appeal to a child of which I am not. <laughs> like, right. right. Like, yeah. Like that. That's crazy. But um, as far as like the idea of brand, we touched on this a little bit, I think in our preamble earlier today, like there are a lot of shitty brands out there. There are a lot of shitty brands. There are a lot of good brands that sell shitty things. There are a lot of like, brands that have good marketing and a good product, but they're an organizational shit pile, right? Mm -hmm. I want to do, I want to do a thought exercise with you just for shits and giggles. I want you to give me, you have two, two directions. You can go here, choose your own adventure. I want you to either give me a great brand with a shitty product or a shitty brand with a great product. And the reason I down the reason I ask is because a lot of times we stress how significant and how important branding is. And I want to see if there's ever an instance when branding is actually not important. Well, uh, as we were kind of talking about this, I was thinking about some of the like brands that are just doing it so well. Um and this is probably going to be a little bit of a hot take now I think about it because like it's just fucking water and everyone's just like losing their fucking minds about it. But like Liquid Death, like amazing brand, amazing brand. It's fucking water, you know, and like it's not to say that their water isn't like good or something, but it's incredible what they've done yeah. by by doing like the craziest, dumbest shit that you could do. And that's literally in their maxims is like. Like one of their seven things is just like, like, what's the stupidest thing that we could do to market our, to market our product basically. And it starts with the name, everything, but at the same time, they like the fact that it's like, they have so many things going on. They're so correct. Like it's, it's absolutely, (laughs) yeah, it's so crazy. Um, people think that, um, it's a, it's a brand that's like supposed to look a certain way so that people that don't really drink. Um, and I've honestly kind of stopped drinking that much myself, actually, mm-hmm. um, which has been like awesome and, and great. And I'm like, wow, I'm really fucking boring now, huh? <laughs> mm-hmm. But uh, the idea of like, oh, I can drink a liquid death at a bar and like fit in and not feel like I'm like whatever is like a silver lining to like that is not their intention whatsoever. <laughs> they no. did not make it for that purpose, which is awesome, which is but super funny. You, yeah, you kind of stumbled into uh, not necessarily disproving my, you know, question of when is brand not important, but I think inversely, that's a, that's a time when brand is exceptionally important, right? Because yeah, it's fucking water. Like you can have, right. like, I mean, but also there are going to be some hydro homies out there that are like, oh yeah, Voss or like, you know, Dasani, which people talk shit on and I don't know why it's just Pepsi water, whatever. Yeah. But yeah, it's, it is something where, you know, I may like be in an instance where I have to choose a, a water and I, yeah, I'm going to go liquid death because their branding is awesome. It's cool. It's different. It's exciting. And like, I don't know, it appeals to like, Dude, like I said earlier, murder your thirst. I just think that's funny. And it's like, yeah, funny is a funny tagline, a reason to buy a product. Like probably in the grand scheme of things. No. Does it work? 
yeah yeah it does it yeah, does. 100% <laughs> like i guess yeah i don't drink water i drink coffee <laughs> and orange juice yeah, I drink out of the sink. Like, you know, like when you wake up at when you wake up at three a.m. and you get that real like, just like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just I actually like, have my hose set up so it just like goes uh, like to my room and through my window. Oh yeah, yep. That hose water on a hot summer day yeah. ain't nothing. Not like Not the first it. five seconds though. The first five seconds is brutal. Yeah. So I guess you're. That's a really good. I think liquid death is a great example. Um, but let me let me give you one that I thought kind of fit the mold of like when brand doesn't matter. So um, a couple of weeks ago, I talked about uh, how I went to a bachelor party that was like very centralized around golf. I don't have any golf right. attire, right? So I looked up, um, you know, Travis Matthews, Ping, uh, fucking Callaway, all that shit. It's like a hundred dollars for a white fucking collared shirt that just had right. the logo right at that point i'm like cool i'm literally just paying for the right. logo, right and i don't give i don't give a shit about this i want yep. it for a weekend right so i went to uh amazon and typed in white golf shirt and came up so many options of like dry fit you know athletic cut all the same qualities i was looking for all of them were uh, Chinese or Japanese right. brands that were doing the Amazon storefront thing. And so I bought two uh, for, I think, half the price of one uh, Callaway yeah. golf shirt. And I wore it. I wore one of them and it, I did a patterned one. It was kind of eccentric, but right. it was cool. Right. And my buddy was like, dude, that shirt is awesome. Like, where did you get it? What brand is that? And I was like, the circle? I don't know. It doesn't mean, like, I have no fucking clue. This doesn't mean anything. He was like, oh, it looks really nice quality. It looks, like, sharp. I like that. Like, and he actually, it was it was really annoying. He, like, made me in real time pull up the Amazon. I hate when people do that. So much, yeah. I hate it. I hate it so much. It's the it's the equivalent of, like, hey, can I show you this video yeah. on my phone? Oh, good. It's 11 <laughs> minutes long. Fantastic. <laughs> no, we only um, need to watch the first nine but, minutes of it. Don't worry. Yes, exactly. Like, oh, I promise it gets funny. Soon. <laughs> <laughs> but um, anyways, like, yeah, I um, that was an instance where I'm like, cool. Yeah, this is a great quality shirt. And I wear yeah. it all the time. It's now like one of my three like office business casual shirts. Um, but the brand means nothing. It's just a good product that has no brand right. recognition tied to it. And that's kind of the thing that i find interesting like i mean there are some good products out there that i think don't need branding to just be a good right. product and you know i look at another example would be like great value right people poo poo on walmart all yeah. the time it has a very negative connotation with a lot of people as being like shitty retail shitty grocery yeah. whatever that being said, what people don't realize is a lot of the great value products that they actually like sell in Walmart under their own store yeah. brand are made in the same. They're manufactured in the same fucking yeah, factory exactly. as the actual name brand. Right. And it's like, so what is the difference other than like, you yeah. know, Hostess Twinkie as opposed to great. Value yeah, Twinkie, exactly. Right. What's the What's the? It's the same fucking thing, but you think one thing's better because of the fucking right. packaging, right? Yeah, it's insane. Insane. The uh, I don't, that reminds me of like you know I feel like a, 
like I, I remember my first exposure to this or whatever they're like they're the kirkland vodka is the same as gray goose vodka and i was like i mean can anyone show me the difference between two types of vodka are you kidding me like what how is this even a discussion they both taste like lighter fluid <laughs> like they all, they all do yeah. it, what is it like i don't understand like oh it's so much crisper it's so much like is it is it <laughs> yeah we filtered it through charcoal. You'll like, love it. <laughs> it's still going to burn like a motherfucker, no matter what. I don't understand. And if it doesn't, that's terrifying. <laughs> that's absolutely terrifying. I don't know. I just don't really understand some of those, like some, like some things that people buy exactly that, that are kind of like fall into that category of like, what are we really doing here? You know, yeah. like that kind of like pompous, like, yeah. you know, name brand stuff. And we're, I mean, we work on name brands all the time. Like it's their entire, entire know, job. I know. Um, yeah. And that's like a lot of it's like, yeah, basically creating the impression that like these luxury brands and like name brand shit, like for whatever reason is better. Right. And I mean, sometimes, sometimes it may be like, I think I've noticed that with like musical instruments, for example, yeah. right? Like I have purchased a Chinese guitar and it sounds absolutely awful. I've purchased an American guitar and it's something I play yeah. all the time. Um, you know, I think that there's a lot of uh, disparity between the two, um, <coughs> you know, brands based on the actual like manufacturing and time and right. effort. And I think in some instances that does hold up, but then in some instances, a lot of times it can be apples yeah. and apples. Um, but but just because like yeah like the logo is i guess you know more alluring yeah uh, <laughs> it may lead me to purchase yeah. decision why we're employed right, right? yeah <laughs> we're employed to like make shit make shit look like you want to buy it even if it's like yeah you know no different than any of the competitors. yeah make five dollars look like an alien how often do you yeah how often do you find yourself in that situation where you're like oh yeah like you are literally the exact same as all of your competitors and there's not a single like differentiator you can throw yeah out. right yeah guess we better make you look right cool. at least at <laughs> least we can do that i feel like though that's kind of what i've discovered too in my in my freelance um uh kind of like journey is that there are there is a there is such a fun opportunity though. Like what I do love about what we do is that we get to help people understand their own value in a way that maybe they didn't already too. Because there is such a homogenization of like everything's available, everything's on the table. Like how do we like yeah. how do we champion something that's more, that's greater, that's that has more to do that people can relate to and understand and and respond to other than just like the quality of the thing or like I mean at the end of the day though, quality is such a big, difficult to come by um thing. And like when things fall apart, it's just like, well, you get what you paid for. And every time that you try and cut a corner, yeah, it's like, well, shit, this really isn't so, the same. Like, damn it. That's that's the thing though, because Quality, I think, is to me far more important than the brand itself. And I do think like we'll talk about like, you know, the automotive industry and have some loaded questions about like vanity cars. Oh, stuff, yeah, I forgot. Like, you know, I I think I think about like Apple AirPods, right? Not the AirPods Max. I actually think these are pretty decent headphones. I like them. We're both yeah. wearing them right now. So I guess I can't. They are really good. Hard. They connect really well, like compared to these. I'm thinking 
I'm thinking about the buds. So Apple is a fucking premier, like A plus brand. Their marketing is awesome. They do a great job. Like people talk, uh, like people who don't give a shit about marketing talk about their marketing and like, you know, oh, I love, you know, when they release the new iPhone and like, oh, Steve Jobs was such an inspiration and stuff like that. And like Apple AirPods were so like widely marketed and like they had a really good campaign wireless headphones like people are interested in them they're like oh the future of apple a brand that like you know is an innovator in the space dude i used to listen to like i used to use my airpod classics and then my friends were like oh you should try power beats for like the same price and they were leagues Uh. better they were so much better and i'm like Oh, perfect. Now I realize yet again that I've fallen victim to being a dumbass consumer and being like, oh, I associate Apple with quality, right? Their fucking shitty tin can like AirPods (laughs) suck ass. But the thing is, I'm none the wiser because I'm just going to be a like brand whore for them. And I'm not going to try anything different to compare it and actually recognize like, oh, these are like bottom tier. These Not are great. bottom tier. No. Like, dude, that shit yep. happens. I, I, that's one of those things where I'm like, what else am yep. I a sucker for? Like, you know, Starbucks is another great example. Starbucks coffee sucks. Like, their branding is good. Their branding is great. It's recognizable. It's identifiable. Like, people see it. They know it. They're literally fucking everywhere. But like, have you ever, <laughs> have you ever had a coffee from Caribou? Have you ever had a coffee? Don't from- say Dunkin' Donuts I mean, though. Ink Dunkin' ink. Donuts coffee stinks. I. It so stink. that's it's kind like of literally, the, it literally the comparison. Stinks. It literally, it literally stinks though. Like you know, like you smell it and you're like this. Shit it, it, <laughs> this um, is stinky. <laughs> stinky. <laughs> what if we made the car stink? <laughs> um, <laughs> I knew you were going there. <laughs> Do you fucking love that sketch? I don't even like that sketch that much. I don't know why you love that stupid ass sketch of all the ones to love. Shut up, Paul. (laughs) Yeah, it's uh, my friend. uh, My friend actually pointed out. He was like, I think it's actually funnier that like like, it's funnier when other people imitate it. than The actual skit is itself. And also, like, I will say in a captive room full of eight other groomsmen, I was the guy who was like, I just I want you guys to watch this. And then I was like, I promise well, you it's funny. Hey, we, we are nothing yeah, if not so. brutally honest <laughs> out ourselves at every opportunity. Hey, I just, it's a, it's a, you know, indication I'm being authentic. And like, I also like do things to other people that I hate when they do to me. So, you know, there's that. Um, I did want to ask you another pointed <laughs> about the car that we both own. <laughs> In case, so, in case we weren't coming from the same fucking yeah, point I know. of view well, about the thing. many things so that's already. The thing, right? Like, I mean, I'll I'll go first, Peter. It doesn't have to be an attack on you. Ask me what Audi stands for as a brand. Oh boy, uh, what does Audi stand for as a brand, Max? I don't know. <laughs> don't know don't either. No. So again, taking, a, taking a step back, uh, Peter and I both drive an A5. Peter drives a newer A5 that I'm jealous of. Um, but yeah, Audi stands for, hey, I, as a consumer, want people to think that I'm doing well and that I drive a nice 100%. car. 100%. 
And that's fucking. That's why I bought it. (laughs) Now, Peter, I have a follow up question for you. Ask me if I will ever buy another Audi. Will you ever buy another Audi? Absolutely fucking not. That (laughs) thing, dude, I swear, like the fact that it's a luxury vehicle is more to me an indication of just how big of a pain in the ass it is anytime something breaks, right? They're like, oh, I'll take it to like a fucking Pet Boys and they'll be like, oh, like we can't work on this car. Like we don't like, yeah, we the <laughs> literally the service engine light can only be <sighs> turned off by a computer at the Audi dealership. Fun. Yeah, it's amazing, right? It's fucking amazing. <laughs> Technology. Be, yeah, it absolutely <laughs> Talk about <sucks>. gatekeeping. <laughs> yeah, it yeah, completely. And it's like cool. So I bought this car because I was like, great. Like people are gonna think I'm cool. It's gonna change like the way and not change, but like, you know, people will be like, Oh yeah, Audi, nice brand. Like, wow, you know, he must have money, like whatever, you know? Right. And it's like that was literally the only reason. I did not look at, I was like, that car also, I think it looks cool, but like at the same time, like there are plenty of other cars that look cool and are reliable. I think that the fucking Honda, the new Honda Accords look great. And like, those things are fucking reliable as hell. I think the new Civics look fine. Like they look like Subarus, which is, you know, or Subarus look like them now, which is crazy and stupid. Uh, People are buying those and I'm just like, why don't you just buy a fucking Civic? It looks like the exact same, but right. But that's as a rally car fan, though, I understand why people love WRs, like, you know, WRXs and stuff. The brand totally was like, again, it was like, I like it and I can't tell you why other than like, I think it's going to change people's perception of me. And that's so dumb. That's so dumb. It's a crazy thing. It's such a status symbol. And anyone that like owns one and denies that is fucking lying to themselves so badly. Like just pin them down and ask them what Audi stands for. Yeah. Like, (laughs) especially I I don't know why I was thinking about this the other day that I was driving around. I also never drive my car, which just makes me be like, wow, I'm such a dipshit for spending way too much money on this. Um, but also it's like a creature comfort that I just was like, okay, I really want this. And I was driving a piece of shit before and like, honestly kind of freezing to death in the winter in my car. And I was like, I just want to like be able to like drive around and not freeze my ass off is like a, a main thing. So yeah, why not spend like, an absurd amount of low, money? <laughs> that's very low on Maslow's hierarchy of needs. <laughs> yeah, it was. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. No heat. <laughs> no heat was really getting. It's starting to get to me, and I'm, it's not that my car didn't have heat too. It did, but it was just, you know, it was. I felt like I was driving a cardboard box essentially, and I had to taste the fine wine. And I had a BMW before, and yeah. there's. I I definitely come from this perspective. Like I'm totally like like i said totally bought a status symbol we'll be totally transparent about that but also as a design dork i just i've always been enamored with like the design aesthetic of like cars and how they look and the just like concept art for cars i used to try to draw them but they're so symmetrical and like when they're well made and they look there's just something that is they're designed like they're such a beautiful like moment of like functionality and comfort and everything like mm-hmm. that's what is like a like my allure to them has always been i've always been a car dork um and I mean, and for shame i feel yeah. like i i feel like a fucking sheep for feeling that way 
Um, I okay, wish car I, advertising is sexy. Like I love looking at like car ads, you know, yeah. I think that like the commercials are always like, and granted, like, I mean, I don't know, different markets. Like you see like truck ads and it's like, you know, eh, not yeah. for me, but right. you know, yeah, a lot of like sports cars and stuff. They're always like cruising really fast through the city and shit. And you're like, damn, yeah. Yeah. Cool. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Driving through the middle of a city where there's no cars on the road either is like, <laughs> how do they get those shots? <laughs> a, dude. Oh, I can tell you. So, uh, in Denver, uh, it was over off Wewada, uh, where I used to live like, God, eight years ago. And it was a Kia ad. It was like a Kia Sportage or something like that. And they just block off like the entire area, it was a huge pain in the ass. <laughs> like, and yeah, they had, um, that's nuts. Like it, was, it was like a Kia and then a, um, other like little kind of, it kind of looked like a beater. I don't think it was, um, you know, intentionally so or anything that had like a rig that was adhered to the front of it. And it just like literally followed it everywhere. Um, yeah. As far as like catching all those like really tight corners and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. But yeah, that was, that yep. was how they shot that one. So yeah. <laughs> It's like they just build whole fake cities to drive these things through the yeah, business exactly. district. Like, it's all, it's so, all miniature, just like. <laughs> like, I would not be the least bit surprised. I, Yeah, it's it's all ruse. It's just a, it's the same thing with like, you know, wedding rings and all the bullshit values associated that's associated with that, with that stuff. It's it's all fucking social construct, man. <laughs> like, yeah, man. But like. Am I going to buy a fucking gigantic rock for the girl of my dreams one day? Absolutely. <laughs> like, <laughs> whatever. So, like, if so that's important I, to her, fuck yeah. I'll, like, that's, it's not like, it's, it is a lot of like, who is this for? Like, balancing those things of like, yeah, is this for me or is this for someone else? Also, again, comes down to like, I mean, when you do that, it'll come down to the quality, not the brand, you know? Yeah. Which, obviously i think we're both kind of in agreement that that's most important um yeah. i did want to i did want to ask like you know a brand identity is such an interesting thing right because we talked about it again kind of at the top of the segment like there's a lot of storytelling i feel like that goes into it sometimes like for not i don't know who's like actually you know when i go to like coca-cola or i think about you know coca-cola and purchase a coca-cola i'm not thinking about the brand story right i'm not thinking about like all of the artsy romanticized language that usually accompanies any of the brand identity work i've had to do in the past because that's the thing like everyone wants to know how like you can actually create this narrative that people give a shit about, like in order to, you know, make the brand feel like it's not so vapid and hollow. Do you think that matters? Like, do, or do you think it's more subjective? Like, Oh, this looks cool as opposed to like the actual story itself. Do I think the story matters? Yeah, absolutely. I think it matters. I think it matters more than most people are willing to give it credit for too, because I, I just, I feel like I've been through a lot of like experiences where like from a design perspective, I need that. I need the story. Let me, it, let me rephrase. Let me rephrase. It's going to matter to you and it's going to matter to me. 
do you think right. it matters to the per like you're going to need that in order to be able to like you know think about how you can create a visual identity for a brand what's the narrative here what's the sentiment we're trying to evoke do you think consumers when they're at the point of purchasing do you think they give a shit about the story uh probably not really but it depends on the thing that's being purchased like how much trust is involved or how much trust needs to be involved when it comes to buying a golf shirt, you don't need to, you don't need to trust the story. It's a very functional utilitarian type of thing. Right. Mm -hmm. But if you think about like one, one thing that I learned recently from taking the awesome workshop um, about like freelance business and selling, you know, services that are brand design things hosted by uh, Amy and Jen Hoodsba or hood who run Hoodsba design, which is like one of the coolest design shops ever. Um, these two are just, the most awesome, like, like well-adjusted, like brilliant minds in design. And they just like, they just do such an uh, excellent job, like across the board. And like, they just are such awesome people, like open book about the way they, they think about things. And in the process of like, you know, learning how to sell freelance design services and branding, branding is not an impulse buy type of thing. Like what I do, I charge thousands of dollars for, and People don't like a lot of trust needs to go into figuring out do I want to do that? Like it's not a snap decision. It's not something that someone can can just like do willy nilly. Um, I know this is such a like a you know intrinsic um personal kind of journey of it, but it gave me it was a very interesting on, perspective. You hit on something though. Like you hit on something and I want you yeah. to continue, but like yeah, yeah, I think the the magnitude of the purchasing decision is definitely going to influence whether or not somebody actually like gives a shit about kind of like, you know, a peek behind the curtain of what the brand or organization stands for. The more yeah. transactional it is, yeah, who fucking cares? Like I don't even I don't know the first thing about like Pepsi's brand story. I know Coke's brand story because I fucking mm -hmm. live in Atlanta and I'm inundated with it constantly. But right. like you know, I mean, I guess the same could be true of something like Amazon. Granted, Amazon is a brand that sells other brands, right? Like, right. you look at it from the lens of like, yeah, I mean, it's very transactional. And not to say I don't give a shit about like the terrible things that like Amazon represents as a company and a brand, but also, I guess it's less ever present because it's not as big of a purchasing decision. Clients, just like customers. Uh, depending on the thing, they don't want the best option per se uh, a lot of the time. They just want the safest option. They want the most trustworthy option. They want the thing that's been around the longest and is the most tried and true and has the most reviews. They don't really like, well, if something has some more features, but this one other product on Amazon has 12,000 reviews, the other one has 850. It's like they're going with the, with, to the product that's 12,000 reviews. Like doesn't matter how big or shiny or whatever it is. And, I feel like that might be something in the future that's like Amazon has to be like outed for or something. It's like, yeah. are this is like how how real is this? Are these reviews and all that shit like? Yeah, talk about conspiracy theories in terms of marketing and shit. Like, do you take do you purchase like two two products with little parity between them? Right, like, do you take the one that has twelve thousand three and a half star reviews or eight hundred five star reviews? Depends on the thing, right? Yeah. And depends exactly. on like the <laughs> – also too, like what do the pictures look like? 
How was how was the like then it kind of comes down to branding. The the customer photo thing though, that has been like a saving grace when it comes to uh Amazon. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. That has been, like very, very nice. When there's no customer pictures, I feel like that is the main thing that I'm like, okay. Yeah. Uh, or if I can tell that it was like things are like shittily fucking photoshopped into like, you know, oh, these janky yeah, ass these, pictures. These fucking renderings where it's like, oh, cool. You're just like wow. by this couch and it's going to sit next to your giant potted plant. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, wow. They, this is like, it is a race to the bottom on Amazon. It's unbelievable. And I can't believe that's, yeah. I mean, it's, it's so fucked up. <laughs> yeah, it really is. I feel like it's just inundated now with like so many different options too. There's like no quality control. I would say that's like driving me crazy as far as like yeah. anyone could just sell anything. It's kind of like old eBay where it's like you would you know place a bid on something and then like a box of rocks would show up and it's just yeah like, you got uh-huh. scammed. Yeah, You're an sorry. idiot. Congratulations, <laughs> dude. I, so, uh, for real, I think about that so. I've been thinking a lot about that in terms of like, again, I hate to like keep bringing this back to me, but I'm going through a lot of these struggles in the development of my own brand and the irony of being a brand designer and being like, wow, I should have all the answers. But I'm rapidly finding out that I do have answers in the branding department, but I don't Mm -hmm. have the I don't have the know how in the marketing department of like putting together like productizing services and advertising them in a way that builds trust and people want to like can make those decisions very easily putting those like woes to rest is is something that's that because i have been part of an agency and i haven't had to market myself in that way that's been someone else's responsibility and now that it is it's like man how do i do this in a way that it's like genuine to me in the way that i do things or like I want to sell fonts or I want to sell, like, I want to start my own, like, clothing, like, merch and stuff. Like, um, that just, what well, I think would be so fun, but that's its whole, whole like, own world of, uh, of, of marketing. And it doesn't even matter what the brand really looks like as much as, as it is. Yeah. Like, build actually, it and they will not come. That does not really right. work that way. Um, some things it does, though, like, I reference like, Mateo's Salsa, which is, an okay salsa. I've had it a couple of times. I like it. And they're the branding on the thing is it just sticks out. It's so bad on the shelf. Um, and it doesn't really like you're, you kind of look at that and you're like, this branding doesn't need to be good. Looks. Uh, yeah. They, right. But they spent the it all on the making of the product itself. They built it. You know, but you know, only having tried it, right. Cause that's the thing that brand could easily deter you from trying it. And now that you've had it and you know, it's a quality product, you're like, Oh, I don't give a shit what their label looks like. Um, right. you know, it's like the product's good, but you know, I guess that in and of itself is, you know, the double-edged sword and duality of branding where it's like, yeah, it can branding like a really good brand can sell a really bad product and a really bad brand can deter one from trying something that is, you know, an actual quality product. Yeah. Um, And the most valuable aspect of branding too is consistency. It doesn't mm -hmm. really, like a lot of times branding is more about just not saying the wrong thing. Um, It's it's mostly about just using the same thing yeah. Sending the same message, what's really important over and over and over again. You and know like, what that's you're trust. That's every, how you build trust. You yeah. know what you're going to get every single time. And that's yeah. the thing. I mean, there can be different levels of quality, right? Like, right. I mean, 
uh, Taco Bell, right? Like I know what I'm getting every single time I go there and it's not great, but I know what kind of mediocre it's going to be. And it usually (laughs) is within 5% of my expectations. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Um, Right. I, uh, what kind of shit I, sandwich will you tolerate? Exactly. Right. Um, that actually reminds me because, um, you know, I want to get to key takeaways, but as a last, like kind of fleeting thought, I want to see, um, I have in mind one like rebranding, right. I always think it's really interesting to create a new identity for an old organization or an old identity. Right. And I want to hear if again, dealer's choice, Right. Give me a brand that rebranded and either did it really well or did it really terrible and why. Hmm. I actually have one of each top of mind too, if you need time to think. Okay. Um, I guess the, the controversial one that I'll say that I like is, oh man, there's so many that I like. I, I like, I try not to think about the ones I don't like, believe it or not. Um, because I'm constantly referencing like, oh, that was a really wise, like the, the activations, the thoughts of like the way that sweet green is like used type. And like, they've, they've made it so much more about just like, it's a salad company. Like it's, their sales are so good. (laughs) Like at the end of it is so good. And their, their branding and what they've done is like, it's just marvelous. And cause they're, it, it used to not be like that. Um, Another one, so the controversial one that I really like that everyone loves to hate on, but I like the visual of the Burger King rebrand by JKR. No, me too. I I think it looks really cool. Like uh, it gets a ton of flack. And uh, I can't remember who I was talking to very recently about that. And they're like, the burgers still stink. And I was like, yeah, I mean, the, you can't fix that. <laughs> like, well, they have to fix the that. The thing is, like, I'm also a Burger King stan. And so it's like, <laughs> I think Burger wow. King's, Yeah, I what? love Burger King. I think it's... Talk so about good. shit sandwiches. <laughs> yeah, for real. But I agree with you there. Um, mine, like, I, I don't know who did it, but I actually thought when Taco Bell rebranded to, like, their more, like, simplified minimalist logo, I thought that was, like, really well done. I like the purple. I like the white. It's very clean, a little more modern. Like, I mean, the old Taco Bell branding, I also think is, like, kind of nostalgic now, but was super dated. And, yeah, I don't know. It's almost, like, got an air of fun to it. Their website, like, is a really, like, interesting, interactive experience. I thought huh. they... I thought they did a really nice job. And granted, that was a number of years ago. Yeah. Um, top of mind, I think the like, and again, I know this is just totally motivated by like vanity and like ego. The X, Twitter to X is so dumb. So dumb. Again, it mean it makes no sense. I get the guy likes the letter X which is just yeah. weird. That's a weird like thing to really like. How do you start a conversation with that? Like, you know, yeah. you're, on first, you're on a first date and you're like, oh, what are your interests? X. It's yeah. Like, okay, like, whatever. Why? And then, um, uh, inversely, um, or I guess adjacently, uh, I thought the meta, like I know why they did it at the time. And maybe I'm just like, again, social media, but I've noticed that Facebook they change their F all the time. They, I was just about to say they just edited it. They slightly. just changed it. Yeah. yeah. And I don't, I'm like, what? Like, that's like a 
purposeless rebrand where it's like not even a rebrand yeah. it's like it's like a refresh for like wh- what the hell right are you doing? I know. I feel like there's there's something to that one because I I like how they've 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 pumped up the blue to make it a little bit more lively. I think that's the biggest change that they made. Obviously, they've adjusted some of this like I this feel sizing. like they made it a little fatter or something. Like yeah, I I remember seeing the video briefly and being like, huh, okay, I'm like whatever. Like it's it's always changing in such Facebook is always just changing in such like minute ways and. Like when it comes to UI UX stuff, there's all these little micro transactions in terms of like, and not transactions, but like the way that they are constantly adjusting things and the way that we consume like the digital, our digital experience, they need to stay on top of that in all these like really little ways. And I think it looks fine. I think like they're obviously plotting something or like there's something happening behind the scenes that's like, there's more to it. They need to like, as things get added in, they need to like constantly like homogenize everything and make sure everything's seems like it's coming from the same family. Because I remember like for a while they were just using like the Android little emojis basically. And I don't know, like that's like a super high level brand that's so like lived in everyone's So like the fact that we still use Facebook in in any capacity is pretty remarkable. So I got to give them some credit there. Um, Yeah. The X thing is like, I don't, I don't want to call it that. No one go on threads. And when you quickly realize that threads, you can't really search on it, search anything. And like, there's no hashtags. I never, I never made an account on it. Like, and I see the little, like thing, the little, it looks like an ampersand in people's like bios and stuff. And I'm just like, nerd. (laughs) Yeah. Like I was, I totally uh, rode the hype train there for a second because I was like, Oh, I would love to be able to like tweet things, but I never really got it. Uh, Like, I feel like I missed the boat on Twitter. And who's reading, who's reading my tweets. It's just like angry, angry man who screams at clouds. Like, you know, I get frustrated. Like I'll tweet it. Like, yeah. I'll tweet it like Desmond Ritter on the Falcons and be like, you suck I knew you ass. Were. And it's like, <laughs> he's like, it's like, he doesn't see that. And like, right. unless he does and he doesn't play, doesn't work. He's not playing any better. So yeah. Whatever. And yeah. And all that stuff too. Like I knew we were going to like mention athletes and stuff like that. And we talked about this beforehand, just like, Hey, uh, this is totally unrelated to branding and things like that. But, uh, athletes are humans. Maybe people shouldn't talk <laughs> shit about them so hard. They'd kick your ass. Like except, so motherfucking except- hard. Except you, Desmond Ritter. <laughs> you Piece flaming pile of <laughs> So, no, Desmond, hope you figure it out. Hope you figure it out, it, bud. Yeah. So let's um give me not, give me your give me your key takeaway and let's uh let's wrap up this let's wrap up this puppy. Um Brandon is and sweet. Yeah, Brandon's about consistency. And uh, as someone like that likes to do something new and different every single time, I need to take that advice probably more so than anyone else. But just you like do be consistent with your shit is probably the most important thing. If you're going to make a change, you're going to do something, then stick to it. You're like branding is about trust and reputation and what kind of reputation you want to have. And so do things that you believe in and branding will follow. That's a good one. I like that. I think for me, um, you know, kind of, again, similar in the same vein of what you're talking about, uh, comes down to quality, right? Like, regardless of whether you have all the money in the world to produce a really awesome, thoughtful brand or, you know, your brand kind of sucks. Um, the qual the quality of your product, um, 
can overcome, uh, you know, a, a bad brand. And then again, inversely, like, you know, even yeah, if, if you, you cut have, corners, it won't last. Yeah. And even a great brand can still have kind of like shitty products. And so, you know, at the end of the day, try and have a, a quality one, um, you know, again, maintain that consistency, like you mentioned. And um, again, I think that's most important because it can, can overcome a lack of really strong brand presence. Yeah. And I'd say too, for people that are like going through the branding process and stuff, know that it's scary. It's very, it's a very scary process. Um, and it's, uh, it's oh, okay. Also, it's okay to be scared. <laughs> it's yeah. I totally get it. Like, I totally understand that it's a scary process, but stick to your guns about the things that you believe in. And, um, you know, shit. Want Azure, there to be more to this, like more depth well, to it, but that's really Azure, kind of that simple is like, keep it simple. Yeah. Keep it simple. Stupid. As you're building a brand, I would say like, whether you're a, uh, you know, organization or a product that's emerging or you're an agency working on, um, behalf of a pre-established brand, think about the end consumer and recipient, please, please. For the love of God, the brand is a reflection of you, but it's not, you're not selling to you. Like, it's yes, for other people. So, yes. please, like, keep that in mind. Exactly. That's probably my biggest. Be in touch. Be yeah. in touch. Be in touch. Trust, trust people that know better than you do. And that's like, I mean, I feel like that's a, like, to, to end a conversation about branding with like Steve Jobs, like, quote about like i just surrounded myself with people that are smarter than me and they like took a lot of ideas that i had and actually made them real it's like that's such good advice like you can't be the best at everything all the time and if someone has insights that they understand the consumer or whatever better than you and or yeah. they know how to do something it's like think about things in terms of like how do i do this don't think about things like that think about things of like who should do this? Who is more better equipped to handle these problems over, over your, over yourself? Probably. Yeah, I agree. Not a, not a finer way I could have imagined ending the show, Peter. So uh, thank you for that. That was very profound. Um, to all those who bared with us during vacation, Hey, Addis, uh, you know, off season, whatever. <laughs> thanks for, yeah. thanks for coming back and listening. Uh, you know, as always, we appreciate you guys. I can't give you a topic, uh, for next week's show because we have consistency is key, <laughs> <laughs> consistency is key. but you know what? There will be a show and there will be a topic. So come on back and see yeah. what it is next Monday. Thanks yeah. for listening, everybody. Yeah. Have a great week. We'll see Adios, you next fans. time. Peace. <laughs> Adios. Peace awesome. be with you. And also with you. Also <laughs> with you. <laughs> we shall. We shall. We shall. <laughs>